thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. After Super Wildcard Weekend, we're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The four division winners are remaining in the AFC, while the NFC has three NFC East teams along with the Niners. If you'd like, you can check out wolfsports.com for some thoughts on the teams that were eliminated last week. But quickly, I'll also talk about a few teams that fired off as coordinators that made the postseason. Three very notable moves. The first being the Chargers, who were up 27-0. Had three first-half interceptions from Asante Samuel Jr., four overall. Looked to have the game in hand and just couldn't finish it out. Jaguars started chipping away, including at the end of the first half with the huge touchdown. And the second half was all Jacksonville. LA couldn't finish the game running the ball. They were still pass-happy in the second half. But part of the issue is they're not really built, I don't think, the way their roster is to close out games like that with the super powerful rushing attack, despite how good Austin Eckler is and Joshua Kelly behind him. So the Chargers fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, who I thought did a nice job with them for the most part, despite the disappointing end. They got a lot out of Mike Williams the past two years, a receiver, who is a really talented player. And I like how they used him. I guess it could have been more consistent maybe, but he had some big games and I think the offense him playing sort of a Michael Thomas type of role, played a hand in that. And so we'll see what happens there. I would think potential offense coordinators are going to be lining up for the opportunity to coach an offense led by Justin Herbert with guys like Eckler, Williams, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, an offensive line with good pieces, including Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, Jeremy Salyer. Did a nice job filling in at left tackle as a rookie. So there are definitely the pieces there to be one of the best offenses in the league. Then the Bucks fired offense coordinator Byron Lefwich after losing in the wild card round to the Cowboys. I was hopeful after Tampa Bay played well in Week 17 with a shot to clinch the NFC South, they might be able to keep that going in the playoffs. Overall, people acted somewhat surprised by their performance against the Cowboys. Again, while I was hopeful for them, the performance shouldn't have been shocking to anyone. That was how they looked all season basically broke down offense and the defense just way too inconsistent they started hot and then gave up what was it like four straight 80 yard touchdown drives whatever it was and some staffing changes were also made on defense for tampa but left which is the big one with an eye toward tom brady's future i would think he's definitely going to keep playing and we'll see if it's in tampa or somewhere else Brady had a good relationship with Leftwich. They won a Super Bowl together, of course, when Bruce Arians was the head coach. The Bucks undoubtedly want to bring Brady back. And now it might come down to the offensive coordinator and seeing if it's a strong fit for Brady. Personally, if he feels they can somehow get back on track to the level they were in 2020 and 2021. And while they appeared to be a slow offense a lot this season, for some reason, they still have pieces Mike Evans Chris Godwin Rashad White had a promising rookie season offensive line I would anticipate taking a step forward next season they pretty much have to they should be healthier overall we'll see what happens with Brady of course the Raiders are a big team to watch I think if the Niners don't end up going to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl I think Brady might end up there as good as Brock Purdy has looked Purdy can maybe sit and remember they also have Trey Lance but Purdy can maybe sit behind Brady if Brady wants to play for his hometown team. So if they don't win at all, the Niners, I think that's the team I'd look for for Brady if he does leave the Bucks. And then some have talked about a reunion with the Patriots. That would be interesting. 
and I'm sure Mac Jones, despite a down second season, would be able to fetch a good amount in a trade. So that'll be, I think, the big story of the offseason, keeping an eye on Tom Brady's future. And the offensive coordinator hiring for the Bucks might have a lot to do with what happens there. And then finally, the Ravens, a bit more surprising just because of the success they've had. But players have been disgruntled. I don't know if it's with him or not, but offensive coordinator Greg Roman parted ways with Baltimore. But we have several teams, I think it's nine, eight or nine, with NFL offensive coordinator openings. And another huge story this offseason will be to take a look at what happens with Lamar Jackson. Former MVP, didn't play down the stretch because of a knee issue. Was said to be actually really hurt, despite the Ravens apparently thinking it was a like a few-week injury maybe. And Jackson might be open to playing in more of a passing offense. Either way, I think the Ravens need to add more receiver this offseason. And now to the four divisional round matchups. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. First up, 4.30 Eastern time. On Saturday, Jaguars against Chiefs. Jags talked about their comeback. After a dreadful start, you've got to love the way Trevor Lawrence bounced back from the four interceptions, didn't let it phase him, and it shows how much growth the former number one pick has had over the past two seasons. You could see the major glimpses, especially in the win week 18 last year over the Colts, and he just carried that forward this year, had a bit of a shaky start to the regular season, but from the second half on, he was one of the best in the league, and that's about how the wildcard round went. Started slow and then picked it up and showed what makes him such an exciting talent at quarterback. And the defense led by Josh Allen, who's quietly wreaking havoc off the edge and does about everything for the Jags. People want to criticize the Chargers for the collapse, but give the Jaguars credit. The defense for making stops, getting the ball back for their offense, and both units had each other's back. Special teams is a factor. Jamal Agnew or Turner. Doug Peterson's done a really nice job in his first year with the Jaguars into the final eight teams facing a Chiefs team he used to coach with before he went to Philadelphia to coach the Eagles. So that's an interesting storyline ahead of the matchup at Arrowhead. There's a chance for snow for this one. Jags had a rainy game in Philadelphia this year. That didn't go well for them. So the weather's something to watch there. And Andy Reid had the extra week to prepare with the Chiefs looking to get to a four straight AFC title game. Patrick Mahomes looks like he's going to win MVP after he was named first team all pro quarterback last week. And I'm sure he's been thinking about the postseason for a while now after the Chiefs lost to the Bengals in the AFC championship last year. And keep in mind, Trevor Lawrence never lost a game on Saturday, including high school, college, and the past couple of weeks in the NFL played on Saturday and won them both. And overall, it feels like the Jags have something special brewing there with the combo of Lawrence and Peterson. Lawrence has been going to the Waffle House after wins. It's been a funny story. And I think a sponsorship should be headed his way. But of course, a really tough task, winning at Arrowhead, facing a rested Chiefs team with a defense that can play well in January, as they've shown in the past. On Saturday night, the Giants face the Eagles. New York, led by Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, an aggressive defense, got the upset win against the Vikings last week in Minnesota. They rested key guys, including Jones and Barkley, in Week 18 against the Eagles with Philly locking up the number one seed. But they battled against a team that played its starters the whole game. Ended up making it a somewhat close game. 
I don't think the team will lack confidence. Despite it's going to be a tough environment at Philadelphia in the playoffs. Didn't go well for opposing teams when the Eagles had the top seed a handful of years ago on the Super Bowl run. Philly's had success in this series the past several years. They get all-pro right tackle Lane Johnson back. And if he holds up and stays healthy, that's a huge boost for them. Jalen Hurts isn't on the injury report right now because of his shoulder issue. So he appears closer to 100%. And this one's tough to predict. Again, the home crowd for the Eagles could be a major factor. I could see it being a blowout in favor of them. But the Giants haven't been a team to bet against this year. They've overcome the odds every game, and they have a formula, I think. Being able to run the ball, play aggressive defense, and run the ball with Daniel Jones as well, who extends plays. Guys are stepping up like Isaiah Hodgins at receiver. Intriguing team made it to the divisional round, and we'll see if they can keep a bit of a Cinderella story going. Facing a rival on Saturday night. On Sunday, somewhat surprised this is the early game, but Bengals-Bills at 3 o'clock Eastern in Buffalo. Also might be snowy there. So that'd be cool if we get two snow playoff games at Kansas City at Buffalo. Of course, a big story will be this being the game. DeMar Hamlin suffered the cardiac arrest. Thankfully, on a great road to recovery now. Been at the Bills facility. I think we might finally see him back at the game this week. We'll see. And that will be quite the story when he does return to his team on game day. Both these teams survived against division opponents last week. The Bengals winning on Sunday night. The huge fumble return for a touchdown on a quarterback sneak where it looked like the Ravens were going to go ahead. It was knocked out of Tyler Huntley's hands and Sam Humper took it 99 yards or 98 yards, whatever it was. Cincinnati's now dealing with injuries on the offensive line. Three of them. Three starters look like they'll all be out this week. Lyle Collins, of course, out. Jonah Williams will be a major shock if he plays at left tackle, so they'll probably be without their two bookend tackles. The positive for them is Joe Burrow gets through the ball so quickly, and when opportunities are there, he's not afraid to stand in there, take a hit, and deliver the ball down the field. He and Jamar Chase have a great connection. We'll see how Buffalo plays him, along with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, and the running backs, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan. I'm a little surprised the Bengals are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Seems pretty big for a spread. I think they'll be highly determined, feeling like things are against them with how the NFL handled the seeding stuff. They end up playing at home in the wildcard round after winning Week 18 against the Ravens, but they probably feel like maybe this week should have had a chance for a neutral slate game if the AFC Championship game does. Instead, they're going to Buffalo. For the Bills, again, survived against the Dolphins last week. Miami was able to get pressure on Josh Allen. Bill's defense gave up some stuff. And this is a game where obviously they could have used Von Miller. I think it's big for Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau to get pressure on the Bengals. And we'll see how much they decide to blitz with the Bengals banged up on the offensive line. They'd prefer to get pressure with four guys, but some timely blitzes could be in play on Sunday. And the defense, especially against the run, has sort of under the radar look somewhat bad at times. They can and need to step up this week facing the Bengals. And I think part of the issue for Buffalo, they need Josh Allen to be almost perfect, I think. But in the playoffs, he's been on fire throughout his career, despite a couple of interceptions last week. And he, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis steps up when it matters most in the playoffs, as he's shown. 
they certainly have the firepower to win a shootout if it turns out the Bills can't slow down the Bengals, even with the banged up offensive line. Has the potential for a classic game, I think. Bills very well could have gotten the number one seed. We'll never know what would have happened. But the thought for me entering the playoffs was that in the AFC, there was the big three of the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills, and now two of them will play in the divisional round. And then finally, to cap the divisional round, the Cowboys face the Niners at Levi Stadium in San Francisco. Dallas defense stepped up in a big way on Monday night against the Bucks. Got a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. Made things uncomfortable for him all night. They're now looking to do the same to seventh-round rookie Brock Purdy, who still hasn't lost as a starter. Totaled four touchdowns last week. Seems to be making the right throws every play. Maybe was a little shaky to start the wildcard round with some throws. Weather might have played a factor in that. But he's just seemed unfazed since taking over as a starter. And I know it's not a ton of pressure, I guess you could say, playing in Kyle Shanahan's offense with elite players everywhere, top offensive line, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Dio Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Kyle Juszczyk hasn't had to be used that much, but he can be a weapon too. But give Purdy a ton of credit for the way he's playing and escaping pressure and making things happen. Had a couple of nice touchdown throws on checkdowns to McCaffrey and Mitchell last week. And I think it's important for the Cowboys that Micah Parsons finishes plays and gets out to Purdy, who's been somewhat of a magician and kind of mystified Pete Carroll, Seahawks head coach, last week with the way he avoided sacks. And we'll see what type of game plan Dan Quinn can bring against his former office coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, in Atlanta. And for the Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott totaled five touchdowns last week, four passing, one rushing. He was fired up. I think he heard many of the doubters of him personally and the Cowboys in general. Mike McCarthy doesn't get nearly enough credit for how good of a head coach he is. I think CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup can do some good things against the Niners secondary this week. Dalton Schultz playing extremely well with Prescott in the lineup this year. And we know Z can be a hammer and finish drives and get in the end zone. But I like the way they got Tony Pollard involved. He seems to be taking over the backfield right now. And I would think they'll try to get him maybe around 20 touches against the Niners as they look to pull off the upset. Should be a great game. And in terms of game lines, set as the closest game of the week at three and a half points right now in favor of the Niners. Whoever won 11 straight now looking to win 12 straight. It's quite a challenge to keep up this winning streak and for Purdy to keep playing the way he has. But it should be fun and a classic NFC rivalry in Dallas, San Francisco with a shot at a NFC title game on the line. So we're on the episode there. Hoping for awesome games this week. We've got some amazing teams and players on the field. Interesting that it's a lot of young quarterbacks. They're all under 30 years old remaining. So no Tom Brady, no Aaron Rodgers. And it should be fun on Saturday and Sunday. Two games each day. On the weekend that some consider the best of the season. So enjoy. And again, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week out of conference championship games.